Hi, my name is Susan. I've been arrested 32 times just for listening to people talk with each other. The problem was I used to hide in the bushes outside the windows of people's homes to enjoy listening to strangers talk to each other. It's just something I like to do. I get bored and lonely sometimes, you know. Hey, Susan, don't do all that. There's another way to enjoy random conversations? Now, thanks to the podcast show, I can enjoy listening to conversations with strangers and learn something new every week. No more listening outside the window just to enjoy a good conversation. Tune in weekly on Wednesdays and subscribe for updates on your favorite platform to the Toddcast show and help our podcast family continue to grow and share around the world. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Toddcast show. My name is Todd Murat, your host, and I'm so excited to be here with all of you. The Toddcast show is dedicated to exploring the human condition through conversation with strangers. We explore the positive, interesting, and oftentimes shocking side of human nature. In each episode of the Toddcast show, I talk with strangers in a down-to-earth, old-school, and heartfelt way about their life. Nothing is ever scripted, everything is spontaneous, positive, and we never discuss politics. You won't know what to expect next. Join in the conversation to laugh, love, learn, and grow with others around the planet. Who will I call next? Tune in to find out every Wednesday at midnight Pacific or for playback anytime on your favorite podcast listening platform. And stay connected with us at ToddCastShow.com. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Toddcast Show. Today we're joined by Kathy Perez. How are you doing today, Kathy? I am well. Thank you so much, Todd, for this opportunity. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm really glad you're here to share with our audience today. I'm excited to see uh, where it leads. I really am. Where are you calling from? I am in the southwest of the U.S. Ah, uh, where's whereabouts? Without oh, uh, you know. Yeah, Arizona. So yes, we hit um, 31 Perfect. days, a consecutive days over 110 degrees Fahrenheit in July. Okay, we got, and I'm not trying to be a stalker here or anything, but I'm just you know you got to tell me the town at least. I just moved oh from, Phoenix. I'm sorry. Oh, there we go. It's okay. I just moved from Mayer, Arizona. Do you know where that <gasps> really? is? Really. Yeah, that's where I moved from, and I'm oh now gosh. in Henderson, Nevada. Three months later, and uh, oh, things okay, are starting to. I mean, well, yeah, it's it's close enough. I'm coming back soon because I need to do a couple of things. But um, okay. yeah, cool. it's just, yeah. So I feel you, and I understand completely. It's been get this, oh. okay? Like I lived in the mountains, right? And it, you know, because yeah, you know where right. Mayor is. Mm-hmm. Okay, then you understand the weather up there. It snows in the winter and the whole bit, yep. right? And uh, mm-hmm. it's been a wonderful experience in some ways. But I used to think it got hot. And there were times in the summer every year for 13 years, I was like, man, it's hot. I don't think I'll go outside. And then I moved to Henderson, Nevada. And uh, <laughs> let me tell you what, uh, I have never known heat like this. I swear if this is the pit of hell, please let me stay in prayer so that I have no chance of ever having to worry about heat like this again. But uh, it's literally been 110 to 117 here consistently for the past month at least Mm -hmm. if not longer it's unreal man like i've never experienced anything like it 
Uh, I feel you, and um, I do believe Metro Phoenix, unfortunately, gets a little more humid and yeah. still hotter, just by degrees. But I mean, hey, sure. anything counts. So yeah, but my co- I have cousins that live in Henderson, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm down towards the south part, like the gotcha. south southwest part it's nice and thank god i'm not in vegas it's pretty freaky man to be near a city and you know it's like i've been driving around a little bit and it's like wow without gps i would be totally screwed you know it's like even with a printed map i can't be reading it and driving at the same time i need need this device to tell me where to go you know it's like because otherwise i'll be lost well Um, i can appreciate that but i do love the red rocks there they're gorgeous oh it's ironic that you say that i drove right by there to Today and I didn't have time mm. to stop, but I'm thinking of going, um, if not this evening, tomorrow. And um, it's actually on my agenda. It's something I've been wanting to do since I got here. Oh, so okay. really good call out for someone that's nowhere near me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's beautiful. And I, it, you know, please just, you know, obviously stay hydrated. But I mean, it, it's yeah. well worth the effort. Oh, no, no, I won't be getting out of the car, Kathy. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you understand. It's still summertime, you know. So exactly. <laughs> if, if I go to the Red Rocks, it's going to be to look at them through the windows, okay? <laughs> Like, that's what I'm going to do. And then I'll get out maybe for a minute. But, you know, it's like uh, we're not going to take any chances here. I've made it this far. And without air conditioning, I don't know. I probably would have turned into a prune by now. Well, Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, like you can't live in these places without some type of, you know, uh, central um, air system. So HVAC is necessary. It's different. I have two of them in my new house. I moved from a place that was really small in comparison, and now I'm in this big house, and it has two air conditioners, one upstairs and one downstairs. Oh, I've never yes. I've never seen that. That's a thing, I guess. I oh, yeah, know. absolutely. I had no idea, but it's so smart because, man, I save a little bit, but it's still a lot more uh, It's yeah. a lot more costly than I thought it would be. I'm really looking forward to the heat settling down because, <laughs> like, you know, it'll take a little break on my – energy bill it's like man it's big break actually you're gonna basically be able to like just plan to put money away over the months because next you know for basically from at least november through march you can pretty much turn off here and just keep windows and doors open it's gorgeous nice that is perfect and when i moved here it was the tail end of that and it was actually like i could still leave the windows open in the morning it was cool and the air was wonderful and then all of a sudden it's like man and then after that it was the fourth of july and i'm sorry we're getting off at a tangent but i have to tell you this part okay i gotta tell you one quick story all right because this is all right you tell me if this is the henderson that you know with your with your friends or whatever um So on the 4th of July or near the 4th of July, I've heard gunshots of various calibers in the area. And Mm -hmm. it was like, that's weird. Um, Okay. And then finally, when the 4th of July got near, it was like (laughs) things, literally things exploding in the air at midnight at two in the morning. It didn't matter. And then on the 4th of July, I'll never forget this. I recorded it on my phone. It (laughs) literally was like being in the Battle of Fallujah, man, in full force. I couldn't believe it for like four or five hours, six hours straight. It was like, bam, boom, bam. Boom! I mean, every type of sound you can imagine and destructive force. And a hundred houses caught on fire that night in Las Vegas alone. Really? That was was something that's uh, ridiculous. And all because people that are 
apparently not that smart and didn't have a garden hose handy, but uh, maybe they shouldn't have done it in the first place. I don't know. There's a place down the road somewhere where they say that it's legal and totally legit to go and light them off and they have a special area and nothing can catch fire. Why not just go there, you know? Uh, that would make but, more sense. But yes, yeah. unfortunately, I can totally relate, not just in Henderson, where <laughs> my cousins are, but where I live. <laughs> It's, it's pretty much what you just explained. Okay, yeah, I've never experienced anything like it. It was quite remarkable to me, actually. I'll never forget it. I might go somewhere else for that holiday next year and, uh, you know, figure out a way to protect my house in my absence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, put in, in a case. big bubble, you know, put yes. bubble wrap all over your house. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, or at least make sure that the neighbors like me enough so that they'll do yeah. something, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Everybody here. Everybody here is kind of closed off, but um, I yeah, found my way. Yeah, I have way. noticed that. Um, yeah, it's different that way, too. I'm used to getting to know everybody, and I've noticed a couple of people seem, like, a little shocked that I'm trying to say, hello, how you doing, neighbor? And, <laughs> you know, I think the first day I met six people the first day just because they all showed up, and I walked over, hi, I'm just, I'm your new neighbor, how you doing, you know, and uh, I don't think people are really used to that as much as I thought they were. <laughs> no, not in bigger cities. I mean, unfortunately, you came from what was definitely a different, you know, to me, uh, I, I can tell the difference, in other words, because I had a lot of friends from small towns like Globe and Mare and uh, um, Ajo and everything. So it's just a totally different, you know, uh, culture, for sure. Totally, totally. And where were yeah. you born, Kathy? Phoenix. I am a native. I am a Phoenix. You're kidding. Oh my I gosh. am. I'm a unicorn. Oh, very cool. And no wonder you can handle it. You've gotten used to it over the years. <laughs> <laughs> I defected amazing. to California for nine years. So Oh, I can't blame you. That's okay. Um, I came yeah. here from there. Came oh. there from I came to Arizona from California before I moved here. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Whereabouts? I was in the San Diego area, mostly Ooh. in Rancho Bernardo. Nice. Okay. San Diego is quite excellent. I, I lived in Orange County. So. Oh, really? Whereabouts? I, I actually grew up in Irvine, in Woodbridge. Oh, really? Anaheim. I was in Anaheim. Oh, perfect. Yeah, we used to go there for the Angels games a few times. Oh, yeah. Been there. Disneyland somewhere along the way. For you sure. know, the good old days. Ah, it was so nice back then, wasn't it? Well, I'll just say it's definitely uh, been a, a roller coaster, that is for sure. <laughs> yeah, I kind of miss the 80s. I'm not sure if it's because I was young and irresponsible and clueless. Uh, <laughs> you know, the stress of the world couldn't freak me out because I wasn't aware of it. You know, it's like, I mean, there's a big difference there. <laughs> no, I, I definitely feel for, um, again, for people like my niece and my nephews, um, you know, it, it's a totally different world that they're growing up in. So, you know, not getting too far into that, but definitely it, it's technology has really just taken their world into a different type of atmosphere right so it's not the same for sure yeah i agree what do you think i mean it's probably pretty obvious but like uh, do you feel that's a hindrance to you know personal and emotional development and mental oh focus? yeah big time totally big I agree. Time. they 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 are seeing too much but yet they're you know obviously our prefrontal cortexes don't develop um you know, I mean, in other words, we take in too many, they're taking in too much information, which they can process, but unfortunately it's not being, let's just put it this way, without getting technical and into all the other areas, our, our brains are not, uh, you know, evolution does not work as fast as technology. I'll just leave it at that. That's so, for sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to know, like, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because we are, I have to assume now, our generation, you know, I'm a Gen Xer. So mm-hmm, we too. grew up, you know, with the advent of computers starting to move into our lives, but yet we still, you know, used, <laughs> um, you know, like, in other words, I used the Apple II since I was like in fifth grade, right? Yeah, me too. Um, logo. Remember doing logo? Yeah, absolutely. That was so, so cool we learned how to be to live first without them and then it integrated into our lives so we weren't sucked in and now unfortunately people again like my niece and my nephews are all they don't know what it's like not to have um, a phone in their face yeah. <laughs> um, or some type of you know device so to speak so it's it's quite different yeah i totally agree i kind of miss the days where i mean i actually had a pager you know when it was cool and oh i did too i did yeah i love my pager and it's like okay (laughs) somebody wants you great if there's a 911 at the end of it i better try to get to a phone soon but i'm gonna have to look for i'm gonna have to look for a phone (laughs) and hope that i have change in my pocket or the little doodad in my hand that makes the beeping sound Um, because there was a way to beat the phones back then that uh, you could use this little device and it would create the tones to make it think that money was installed so you could make free calls that was amazing because you took me back like isn't that crazy they called it phone freaking i don't know if i've ever tried that but i definitely remember pay phones in general and i was using uh, my pager and then having to get to a phone I, I was a pretty good kid, but like I did learn a few tricks and I did have one of those little devices at one point no in time. And, but yeah, it was just because I learned from something that I saw somewhere and heard about. <laughs> and it was like, oh, I had no idea you could do that. I think I bought it at Radio Shack. That's what it was. Oh, that sounds They used, they oh, used yeah. to sell those things. They had everything at Radio Shack. Remember that? Oh, oh I love Radio Shack. I oh, had my great. little mini recorder from Radio Shack. I got, mm-hmm. you know, all kinds of weird things from there. I bought all my band equipment there for my first band in college, actually. I oh, bought a, wow. okay. I bought an amplifier, some speakers, and a microphone for my guitar player. We were ghetto about it, but it sounded great, you know? Hey, no, I mean, I mean you were doing what had to be done. That's absolutely. what we did. We didn't have yeah. Amazon. We had to actually get our butts out of our Radio houses and get yeah. stuff done. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What a cool conversation. I feel like we're reconnecting, not re, not connecting for the first time. <laughs> it's funny how people of similar experience or uh, background and all that can be so similar in some ways, but we're so unique in different ways. And I don't yeah. want to miss anything. Tell me a little bit more about yourself in terms of your family. Did you have siblings growing up? Yes. So I am uh, one of four. So um, there's four girls in my family and I come from, um, you know, Latino family, very traditional. And so, um, you know, born and raised a desert blossom. Mm -hmm. And like I said, um, defected to California and then came back. But, you know, I'm very just, you know, very blessed that I can't really say that anything, you know, in my life has been other than, I mean, to me, you know, extraordinary to me just being alive right it's extraordinary but i mean like i can't Mm -hmm. really say that my life experience has been too different from let's say someone else's right but what Mm -hmm. i am grateful for is just perspective right Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. you know first i you know had a very small perspective because you know i just lived in my little neighborhood then i went to high school and college Mm -hmm. um and then my world opened up more right and then i became an adult and (laughs) i had to move my way but i've always um been really um organized (laughs) like literally Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um i I always 
basically I made my living out of organizing other people, whether that was as a Oh no, 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 no. You're going way too fast. Slow down, honey. I'm trying to (laughs) I'm trying to explore your birth, okay? (laughs) Oh, okay. Sure. Well, let me let me go at it this way. Let me go at it this way. So this is always a fun question and I like to ask everybody because it's an interesting thing and kind of spontaneous, but can you think of the very earliest memory of your entire existence? I can. I have oh. a photographic memory. And, do you really? Um, I do. Yeah. Wow. So I'll remember this conversation for the rest of my life. Oh, good. And, I better make it juicy. <laughs> you better make it good. <laughs> so with that said, um, one of my first memories was actually um, something that unfortunately happened to me, was, which was traumatic. Um, my <sighs> um, sister and my mother um, were in a car accident. Oh. But I was under the age of probably if not less than two, less than one age of, you know, of age one. And I broke my, um, my collarbones. So no, I was definitely at least over the age of one. Right. So I remember that though, because I remember, um, having to have, like, I remember being in the hospital, not the pain, Mm -hmm. but I remember the memory. And then Mm -hmm. I also remember, um, when it was time to take a bath, my mom would have to take off the brace that, Somehow these days they don't. My nephew just actually had his collarbones broke, but they didn't do anything. They didn't put him in anything. So in my day, they actually did give me a brace. And I remember when every time I had to take a bath, my mom uh, would take it off and I would start to cry because it was hurt, right? Like I was in this brace and then they would take the brace off and I'm like, oh, wow, it hurts to move. So that was my earliest memory is unfortunately that accident. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's a bummer. But so so early at that age, like to have that recollection, but it's definitely, I can understand why. Yeah. And it's so funny because then after that, um, unfortunately I broke my, (laughs) my lift tibula. So before the age of three, I had to relearn how to go potty, how to walk. Um, and then it unfortunately did develop into what became functional scoliosis. So I am a scoliosis warrior. So, um, wow. without anyone knowing, meaning that wow. it was a slight enough, um, degree of scoliosis that no one, or at least no one bothered to tell me in the medical world. Okay. So I grew up probably, you know, in other words, my scoliosis grew out of probably my, my different little broken bones versus because I was probably fine before then. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's wild. And uh, what was your relationship like with your sisters? It was definitely fun. We were very close. We still are very close. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, so there's, it's actually like we have two families. So um, there's a five-year difference between myself and the third girl. And so a lot of people, as we were growing up, they didn't realize that I had younger siblings. So it was kind of like there was two families in the house. Um, my sister and I, my older sister and I, um, no one knew in our school that we had younger siblings. And then the younger siblings, you know, would go to wherever. And then somehow other people would find out about them that were related to other siblings that we knew, right? So in other words, it was never a connection until their younger, my younger siblings went to school and then their friends realized, oh my gosh, you're related to Lydia and Kathy, right? And it's kind of like, it was just one of those things where, yes, we were in the same neighborhood, a whole bunch of kids, but yet no one knew about the two sets of Betta's girls. <laughs> <laughs> so that was always crazy. funny because it was like, again, five years doesn't sound like too, too much, but back then, you know, again, it wasn't as connected technologically why so there was a lot of separation when it came to 
just how people got around, right? So yeah. um, what wasn't it wasn't uncommon to go and hang out with all your friends, right, on the street. Totally. Um, so no one knew that I would come home to two little little sisters, but it was definitely a fun experience, and I love them to death, and always have, and we've again always been really close. So thank that you for is, that memory. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. Yeah, we'll get to explore a bunch of those things, definitely. And um, speaking of which, because we definitely want to acknowledge and learn about the people that brought you into the world. How about your parents? Are they both still together? Um, well, they would have been. My mom um, mm. is, her blessed soul is in heaven. Mm. And so, uh, and that's okay. Um, when, you know, when I said earlier that I haven't really, to me, you know, compared to other people, right? I don't feel like I've had such a hard life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was blessed to have um, my mom with me for 40, uh, no, 33 years of my life. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to complain, right? Because some people have gotten a lot less. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to look at it, actually. Yeah. So, um, but I was blessed that, you know, it was when we were older versus when we were younger. I can't imagine not having that type of person in my life. So um, my parents were your traditional <laughs> Latin mm-hmm. parents, um, very, very strict parents, but very loving. So mm-hmm. um, both my dad and my mom um, were the same age and they definitely loved each other very much. So there was always love in the house. You know, we were your typical, I'm not gonna say like, I, I'm gonna say at least close to middle class, right? But I mean, we never needed for anything, right? We never wanted yeah. for anything. So it was very simple and you know, all that type of stuff. But very wonderful memories of my family in general and so for that i'm very grateful and you know i I just feel that no matter what you know i've always had the support that i know a lot of people don't have yeah absolutely and that's huge i think that's part of the culture too you know that you're fortunate you're fortunate to be a part of that that's a real blessing honestly oh big Um, time I don't know how often people in the culture take it for granted like we do here. You know, we take things for granted. But I think in our culture, it's uh, unfortunately become the norm to, like, get rid of people instead of love them until the end of their life. It's like somehow people seem to lose interest in their own family, you know, and I don't understand that. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's definitely, you know, I will say this, you know, again, coming from something that I would never, like, to me, that was normal, right? And then now to find out, you know, that it isn't always the case, right? And so realizing how lucky I was and still am, I'm definitely always going to put myself in a position of I get to be empathetic um, no matter what because I might not have had a horrible, um, you know, life experience, but at least I know what it's like to, like, in other words, to turn it on itself to have people that I know that didn't have the same type of love that I did, I can then extend myself to them and say, Hey, you didn't know what it was like, but I can show you, so to speak. Absolutely. Absolutely. And God rest your soul. If your mom was here today, what would you say to her? (laughs) Oh, I love you. And I would hug her. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. No, it's um, it's a special mm-hmm. moment when I see hummingbirds because that was her favorite. She always talked about hummingbirds, so I know that every mm-hmm. time I see a hummingbird, she's talking to me. <laughs> oh, wow. I like that. That's really cool, oh, yeah. actually. Very cool. And I understand what you mean. I've always seen something spiritual in birds when they hang around and you think they're kind of mystical, but they're so simple. And it's like they're just looking for a worm or like... <laughs> 
maybe a piece of bread or something. You know what I mean? Like it's so. They're just trying to survive. I'm I'm just just like the rest of us. But boy, just wait till they have to pay rent. They won't like that. Uh, and heaven heaven forbid they should ever have to order from DoorDash. No, 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 no. That would be dreadful for them. They wouldn't make it. Mm-mm. Pardon me. And what about your father? So he definitely, um, you know, I would say that his love language is service. <laughs> I don't know how many people are familiar with that book, The Five Love Languages. But, mm-hmm. you know, my mom's definitely was probably affection. I mean, she would smother anyone, even a stranger. Mm-hmm. Um, but when my dad was around, definitely, and he's still around, so I love him to death. Um, I mean, I love him so much. I'm glad he's still yeah. with us. He's my only parent yeah. now. But um, he definitely would personify what you consider, you know, the traditional Mexican dad. And um, it was all about service to others. And so, like, you know, not that it, he was not affectionate, but definitely, you know, he was more of like he was the breadwinner. And so he, you know, when he was around, we would, you know, have fun with them. But, you know, we knew not to to. Uh, in other words, he was the um the enforcer, so to speak, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, definitely kept us in in that line. <laughs> and yeah. so we definitely, um, you know, we love them and, and did then and still now. But, you know, definitely that relationship was different because he was the enforcer. He was the strict one, uh, the bad cop, so to speak. Right. And so we knew not to cross them where our, our mom was the lovey dovey and, you know, be easy on them. Um, good cop. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but yeah, hey, I mean, I don't just, I don't take that as a bad thing either. It, it was what it was, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. And you're fortunate to have enjoyed that. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, what was. would you say some of the most influential aspects of each parent held in uh, shaping your values and your beliefs? How do you oh, think wow. your like, parents influence that? I would say uh, like, a huge amount like who I am you know has a lot to do with um again how I was brought up so I was brought up in a very strict traditional Mexican family um you know we're like I'm third generation fourth yeah third generation um Mm -hmm. Arizonan actually Mm -hmm. um so I mean I definitely have some strong traditions that were you know obviously um, expected of me <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's okay. Um, but I, I know that, you know, being who I am, I've had to let go and not always easy, but I've had to let go of some of the way I was brought up to realize, okay, who do I want to be? I take with me what I know was going to serve me and what mm-hmm. I get to let go with stuff that, you know, mm-hmm. it takes a little bit more to unwire or, or you know, disengage mm-hmm. with but not because i was sad about it it's just that it wasn't going to serve me going forward but i never have taken again i've never taken that blame game all oh, my parents you know totally screwed me up no <laughs> they they were teaching me the way they were taught and so um you know i again i will always mm. cherish them and um thank them you know in fact one one antidote was um my dad was the one that taught me how to drive and I'll never forget one of his best advices, which has saved my life more than once, I will um, admit, was that I should always look before the before I, you know, when the light turns green, you don't go, you wait and you look both ways again. And that one tip has saved my life more than I want to admit. Uh, and that was my dad. So yeah, he totally. taught me 
you know, and it was like, when I was in the car with him, it was like, you're doing this because this is how you do it. And I like, don't do it any other way. Right. So <laughs> listening very carefully because he was nervous. <laughs> <and so> was <laughs> I. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh man, that's funny. What a cool story. And, um, wow. Um, so you came from a really happy home. You had probably a pretty happy childhood. Were there any significant challenges during your earlier years in life that come to mind that well, you were able to overcome? So, you know, without knowing what was wrong with me, um, you know, I had always been kind of a hyper type child, mm -hmm. or at least just very um, nervous. Mm -hmm. And without knowing that what what that was, right? Um, you know, my parents just thought of me as just being kind of clingy and stuff. Um, come to learn many years later that, um, and probably as I got into middle school, I had what was probably my first anxiety episode. So I have been dealing with anxiety without mm -hmm. knowing it. So anxiety disorder, I was diagnosed fast forward in 2001. But what I'm getting at is that as a young child, I already had the um, what you would call symptoms of anxiety, but because it wasn't labeled and because it wasn't something that back then, you know, people even knew about, so to speak. Um, you know, I didn't really know what it was and I couldn't put my name, a word to it. So um, grew up just thinking I was just a nervous person. And then that turns into, unfortunately, really high anger as I got older. And mm -hmm. then um, just realizing as I finally, again, was diagnosed and it was something that I had never known what it was. And then to finally have it labeled really did help me when I was in my um, mid-20s, so to speak. Wow. Mm -hmm. oh, I'm sorry. That's, a tr yeah. that's, that's tricky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, did you grow up all in the same area or did you move around? We did. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we uh, basically were my, so the um, house where we uh, grew up um, basically is the house that my dad is going to probably, you know, be in okay. for the rest of, for what's, you know, you know, hopefully we have him a lot, you know, for yeah, a lot definitely, longer. Definitely. But um, this will be the house that he's, you know, in That's other awesome. words, it, it will be, you know, the last place he is. So I understand. he did not move ever. <laughs> and so it was me who was the black sheep That's who amazing. moved away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, that was hard for them. And so, again, like I said, there were some aspects of my personality that I had to leave behind just yeah. so that I could make my own way. But, you know, they didn't, uh, you know, in, in no way, shape, or form did they ever neglect or not support me, right? Yeah. So. Um, knowing that their traditions were very strong, it didn't mean that I couldn't make my own, you know, traditions. So they understood that they weren't happy about it, but um, uh -huh. they still supported me. Absolutely. And they still do. I mean, you know, my, my mom in is in spirit with me and you know, yeah. my dad to this day has always helped me. So That's awesome. And are you married? I am not. I yeah. and I say that freely because right now it's a pretty crazy time. But um, uh -huh. I am fully uh, happy um, awesome. with the idea of being single. So totally understand. Any kids? No, no. Okay. I'm very much an oddity of the Mexican tradition. <laughs> right. Like where where are all your kids? You know. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
remember I had strict parents. <laughs> mm-hmm. They,、um, wow. they to make it even funnier is again there's that gap right between the two pairs of sisters,、mm-hmm. and it's totally different how we grew up, the two older ones versus how the two younger ones. <laughs> my parents got very lazy. <laughs> yeah, totally. When、uh, by the time my little ones. Uh, we're in school and stuff, but they still grew up perfect, right, and awesome. But、yeah. what I'm saying is that I think because of how strict we were、um, brought up, the,、uh, my sister and I, my older sister and I, really took the path of very independent, very、um, like. In other words, we were going to use、um, everything we could do, or we were going to go the route of non-traditional as much as possible because of how strict we were brought up. <laughs> And、uh, and it turned out fine, right? And so,、um, bless them all.、Um, two sisters are married with kids, and my sister and I、mm. are single, and that's okay. Right on. That's really cool. And when did you discover that you had purpose in the world? What, what, did you think about things like that when you were young, or did that not happen until you grew into your adulthood? No, you know what? I、um, I always knew actually. Um, and this is pretty, you know, pretty in sync with how I, I think. I knew very early on that I don't. I never thought of myself as being a,、um, a caregiver, meaning like I didn't want kids. And to this day, I still don't. <laughs>、mm-hmm. And so it worked out fine. And so、um, I, I just see it as I knew myself well enough, I guess. And yeah, I had you know boyfriends back in the day and stuff like that. But、um, you know, and obviously. Um, have had relationships as an adult, but you know, and and I I'm not against、um, marriage in a way, nor am I wanting to be alone, right? Necessarily, but I'm okay with it. I'm I am、yeah. I'm secure in how I was brought up. I'm secure in who I am, and so、um, you know, I was actually always willing to go a different route, and that's pretty much what happened. Is I knew that、um, I didn't necessarily want to be in a family type of.、Um, Position, but I knew that I always wanted to be out helping others, and so、um, my purpose stemmed from wanting to basically help women like myself not feel guilty for having again this relationship with anxiety that wasn't healthy.、Mm-hmm. Um, so my purpose came later because I didn't. Realize right that I even had an issue per se, or at least I didn't. I couldn't put a label on it until、mm. well into my twenties. Then it took me twenty years to figure out how to make myself feel like I had purpose, or that I had some type of management of what was going on in my head. And so once I did that, I'm like, wait, I have found a way to、um, experience equanimity.、Mm-hmm. I want to share that right、uh, with other、definitely. women. Yeah. So it became. Um, you know, again, I had always been passionate about health and fitness throughout my life, but never did I see myself as a leader. And so, what happened was, I only, you know, it was a hobby to me, right? Like feeling good, all that, all the wellness um, type um, stuff was always just a hobby to me. But yet, people would come to me all the time with questions, and I'm like, well, I'm not even, you know, that's not my job. And so, when I finally realized, hey, I have managed over my lifetime to. One deal with anxiety and didn't even know I had it. But then two, once I did realize it, I looked it upon myself to be my own self advocate, which I didn't even know the word advocacy before then.、Mm-hmm. And so that's what happened is that it was the evolution of me wanting to make myself feel better, 
then I realized, oh my gosh, I found a way to do that. Um, and in my view, Mother Nature knows best. So again, doing so not by looking outwards, but going mm -hmm. inwards and using Mother Nature to help right, as much as possible. So mm -hmm. that's kind of how that evolved is from wanting to heal myself. Then I realized, mm -hmm. hey, I can maybe help other women. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And how would you describe what you do? Um, so I'm kind of leery of saying that I'm a, uh, a coach, but um, I don't like the word influencer also. So, but mm -hmm. um, I'm basically what you consult. I would like to call myself a wellness advocate, meaning awesome. that I want to share what I learned with other women in my um, specific you know, um, situation and let them create their own wellness plan for themselves. Meaning I'm going to help them create their wellness plan so that they're their own self health advocate, meaning that they're empowering themselves. Um, they're just not taking 20 years like I did. <laughs> that is awesome. Yes. To help shortcut the process. I mean, nothing is easy because it still takes work. There's no oh, yeah. question, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but at least you can kind of direct the focus. And I understand there's plenty of things that I wish there was a manual for. So that sounds perfect. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So you've got an you've got an organizational strategy, right? <laughs> Pretty much, you could make yeah. it best that way. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. That's cool. And so, um, tell us a little bit about it, and uh, you know, tell us a little more about this thing that you do and how you you know, how you change your mental, physical, and spiritual things relating to organization. Absolutely. Yeah. So like I said before, um, I definitely have always been organized and I organize other people. Mm -hmm. Well, um, then I found out about um, the Kamar method of organizing. And anyone who's familiar with the Netflix shows tying out with Marie Kondo or her other show, um, Spark Joy, um, they'll know who she is, but she's phenomenal. And I read her books, immediately fell in love with the method because I'm like, finally, someone gets me. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really cool to be organized like this. And I had already read up about like feng shui and uh, minimalism and stuff like that. But this just really became so, uh, because I, I read the books, so I went through my own Titan Festival. And what happened was I realized within my own Titan Festival, which was, really quick. It only took me like a, less than a, a month. Um, but what happened was I realized that in that process, my anxiety went to a lower neutral. There was a lower baseline. And I was like, how the heck? But it was by reading her books and going through my Titan Festival that I realized, holy cow, this stuff really works um, on a cognitive level, right? And the, the outcome was that what happens is because you are sporking joy, you know, as it is in the book, when you're using this method of organizing, you're able to then weed out what doesn't bring joy. And what happens is you become very intentional. And so every decision, as we like to call it, it's the KonMari effect, but uh, every decision, and not just when it comes to organizing your world, but everything around you becomes this intentional decision. Is this going to spark joy for me? Do I let it go? So what used to be harder, i.e. dealing with others, you know, whether that's maybe someone not um, obeying my boundaries or, you know, uh, respecting my boundaries. When I ask myself, do, does this person spark joy? Literally, 
right? And if I had to be honest with myself and I would say, no, really, then it was a lot easier for me to disassociate whatever professional relationship or personal relationship I have with that person and just tell myself, I now get to set a boundary. And somehow it just eliminated any guilt, right? But magically, it's not so magical. It's because joy is now in your life. And so you can see every decision from the point of view is this is going to be a win-win. It's going to be a win-win for whether it's the object or the person and for me. So it's not about, um, you know, people can say that, how can you just, you know, let things go? You know, someone gave that to you and it should mean something. Well, if you're familiar with that method at all, the reason why I don't have guilt anymore about many things is because I realize that object, that whatever it was, even that person has served their purpose. And now they're not, it, I gracefully and gratefully say thank you, but I don't need either that object or that person necessarily in my life, however that looks. Mm-hmm. So there's no, there's no amount of guilt anymore that's going to stick around. You know, guilt is not optional if you're going to feel joy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's one or the other. It's like, um, you know, black, white, light, dark, you know, yep. that kind of thing. Yeah, that makes perfect yep. sense, actually. Um, I wanted to kind of understand a little more about organizing because I'm kind of a funny guy, I guess. Uh, you know, I'm pretty, fairly well organized, but sometimes I let things slide. Um I try to blame it on my astrological sign, but that's that doesn't seem to be that doesn't seem to be completely true. I'm a Sagittarius through and through. Yeah, um, I'm a Scorpio. Oh, cool, perfect. Yeah, we get along good. We just have to yes, be careful yes. to negotiate in the proper way. And I guess I got to either stay away from you or comfort you in the right way when you're busy brooding. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I agree. I agree. That's so funny. That's always been a Scorpio thing with me. Um, but maybe I caused it and just don't know it. But who knows? That could be part of my trauma I've never even known, Kathy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, me too. Um, but I have always been kind of a neat freak. And um, to be honest, that's what I think of. And it comes from my grandmother, God rest her soul, and uh, my grandparents, both of them, and my mom, for that matter. She's very, very clean and well-organized and okay. all that really. Uh, you know, I did have great examples growing up. and. Sometimes I chose to follow them and other times I didn't, you know, (laughs) and, uh, you know, that's a whole other thing in college, but like as an adult, you know, sometimes things get a little cluttered and I, I personally believe in the feng shui thing and I don't know why, but like it drives me nuts when certain things are sitting around that shouldn't be and like they're out of place or it's like, you know what, I should have put it back, but I left it there and it's like, I don't really consciously think about it, but it's always in the back of your mind until you take it and put it where it belongs, right? Oh, yeah. And I think about that sometimes a lot. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about that because personally, I feel great, you know, when things get clean and, you know, decluttered and all that. And I wanted to see if we could explore things related to the, you know, productivity and things that relate to mental clarity and stuff surrounding organization. Absolutely. No, that's right up my alley. So one thing I I meant to say is the one reason why, so like I love feng shui and I actually did feng shui, you know, my my, my personal space and so forth. But one reason why the Kamari method is quite, why it took over the way it did um, was because it was very simple Mm -hmm. to understand. Like it's based on gratitude, right? And so anyone can understand the feeling 
And so what she did was she took, and I'm not to say that there's anything less important about feng shui or any other method but of organizing, but what the specific difference is with the Kamari method is the fact that she took a mundane type of experience, i.e. organizing, and she raised it to the level of literally spirituality, meaning that it's now connecting your head to your heart. The gratefulness then affects your brain, i.e. you start with intention setting. Mm. And so to, to take that to the next level, the reason why that changes literally, it's, it's almost like cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. Because when you're going through this method, now it's simple, right? It's a lot simpler than I, to me than it is feng shui. Feng shui is very technical in my view. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kamai method, you know, assuming that, you know, whether you have someone like me helping you or, you know, you just read the books or something, it's understandable. I mean, my seven-year-old niece understood it, right? She understood mm-hmm. the concept of does this bring me joy? So what I'm getting at is it's simple. It might not necessarily be easy, but it is simple to understand. So that's why it took off. And the the cool part, again, is that without knowing it, um, because the Western society isn't the same as Japanese. So obviously, um, Marie Kondo is Japanese and their culture, everything has respect. Everything is given honor. Mm-hmm. And that's why that, I believe, again, became such a pop sensation because it was such a un, um, I guess, the concept again of everything has a home, everything has a spirit, everything should be respected was quite foreign to us. And so once people realize the significance of joy and how that changes your brain wiring, basically, Mm -hmm. then people understood at least on a very basic level, holy cow, this is really cool. So what happens is on a more psychological level, when we think about, um, and this can be for any organizing, you know, you ask, okay, how does this help with productivity? Well, think of it this way for any type of organization. The reason why our brains prefer everything organized in some sort of fashion is because think about this. You're looking at a screen right now, let's say, and you're working away. And then all of a sudden in your peripheral, you see something that shouldn't be there. I.e. maybe your eye caught a spider or the peripheral caught, you know, a piece of clothing that's on the floor that wasn't, you didn't miss, you missed the, you know, the, the dirty clothes can, or what do you call it, the hamper. So mm-hmm. in that second, in that smack of your thumbs, right, my, um, the moment it hits the floor? <laughs> well, no, it's just the snapping, like, it, oh, oh that, I'm sorry. That, that actual notification to your brain that mm-hmm. something is outside of your peripheral, now your sympathetic nervous system has turned on a lot on alert. And so now your brain is going to stop being productive and it's going to seek out danger. It's going to say, what's going on? Well, when we don't have, i.e. any type of clutter around, there's nothing to disturb your focus. Thus, you're going to be more productive. And, and this is important, and your, your brain remains feeling safe which means your anxiety stays down, which means you can focus, which means that you will not be, um, again, taken away from whatever you're doing. And that means that you're just going to stay a lot healthier <laughs> because you don't have stress. So yeah. any type of organization, again, I'm going to always tell Conmari, but if you mm-hmm. just stay organized on any level, mm-hmm. your brain will feel safe. Mm-hmm. And that's what it wants. It wants to keep you alive. And so really? anytime that things are in disarray, your, your mm. brain sees that as a threat. 
So if we take away the threats, i.e. disorganization of any kind, your brain mm -hmm. doesn't have anything to resort to. It can't procrastinate. It can't get upset. It, in other words, it stays neutral. I see. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. That's very interesting. Pretty deep, actually. I can't think of the word snap. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. And um, okay, so this brings up a few things that I was thinking about is one is how do you know if you're really cluttered? So that is a very interesting question. But let's put it this way. Mm -hmm. So I've always been a neat person like you, it seems, but I had a lot of stuff. Yeah. And so what people don't realize is that, and again, this is a Japanese view. Everything has energy. Well, no, actually it's scientific. That's we true. all are matter. We are energy. Right. So That's everything right. has a frequency. Everything is vibrating at a different frequency. So the more stuff you have, the more energy is either being sapped from you or going to you, right? And so if you have excess stuff, even if it's nice and put away, that still has energy and that is still affecting you. So whatever, and you, you know, I'm not trying to get like new age here, but literally everything has energy. So that energy is either going to be a net, a net positive for you or it's going to be a, a negative for you. Mm -hmm. So we want to have only what required, what is required, and then that will support us because now it's not dragging us down. It's supposed to be here. It's supposed to be helping us. It's so that essential, energy essential. Mm -hmm, yeah. Your energy will rise auto automatically simply because you have around you what is supporting you and not taking you down unnecessarily. Absolutely. That's a very mm -hmm. interesting perspective, actually. Um, have you heard of the water experiments? Um, why does I, I'm not sure. Maybe I have, it sounds kind of familiar, but enlighten me. Okay. Um, <laughs> here, let me just make sure I get the name right. Cause, um, he, uh, let's see, let's see the water experiment. Dr. Emoto. Mm. The, and the messages in water. Yes, that's it. And it's yeah, amazing. I, read it. I loved it. It was Did so you see cool. the YouTube videos. Um, no, I've only read the book actually. Oh, you want to go to YouTube and uh, look in there and they've got some videos that show this. And as you know, and understand the uh, left, let's say is love, right is hate, yeah. um, focused energy on each individual, mm -hmm. uh, drop flash froze, and then, uh, looked at those under a highly developed microscope of some sort. And the love is perfect symmetry and unbelievable detail. And like just the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. And then as you move to the right, it gets more void and empty and like yeah. formless, no form at all. And that speaks to the matter at hand, which is what we do to our bodies because of that, you know, oh, uh, yeah. it sounds like what you're saying is that uh, simple clutter and disorganization can actually even harm us physically, honestly, in our health, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm so, that is so cool that you, um, that you know that book. Um, but yeah, so, you know, words have meaning words, you know, we can either let the words bother us or not, but the words still have weight. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so everything does have energy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> everything is energy. So what we say to ourselves in our head, we may not speak it out loud, but yes. it's energy. Yes. And so we want everything as much as often as possible to be energetically uplifting us, not taking us down. So yes. 
on a subconscious level, when we have clutter, our brain never feels safe. Well, that's mm-hmm. going to bring up negative <laughs> emotions. Mm-hmm. So when we have less clutter, when we have less around us that is not necessary, um, or I'm sorry, when we have less, you know, that is is supposed to be there, let's say, mm-hmm. then our brains, one, will feel safe, but two, will say, wow, I'm feeling really, really supported, literally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's more energy for better outcomes, right? Like you'll have that focus, you'll be more productive, mm-hmm. you will have the, the ability to um, function more in a neutral way, mm-hmm. that then keeps you away from the guilt, the shame, the fear, and so forth, and so on. In other words, in better balance, and, uh, and mm-hmm. a, a more positive homeostasis, right? homeostasis that's love that it. word that's love the word it. man when i learned that word i'm like oh this is a good one <laughs> i love that word equanimity and homeostasis yeah right on right this. on oh that's funny that's funny um uh one of my favorite little statements i guess was uh actually the name of an album by a band called small fish who i don't think they play anymore but they used to in the early 90s up in northern california and it was called delusions of grandeur I always, oh, liked I, that. That. I always liked that you know it took me a while to wrap my head around that when i was younger but like once i did i'm like oh that's what it is <laughs> that's a perfect example actually i mean the reason why i love that delusion of the grand is because i know han solo says that in the third movie the return of the jedi <laughs> oh, nice nice right on that's cool very cool and we're getting towards the end of our time together unfortunately it always goes way too fast kathy i have to say like it really does um what i'd like to do is make sure that people know that are listening or who are listening what it is that you can do for them and how if they reach out to you uh can you benefit their lives sure no i appreciate that um you know the fastest way just to get in touch with me is just simply to look me up look me up on facebook and um, my personal profile is kathy hannah perez so um you know i believe in connection first right so no no reason other than just to say hello and become my friend. And then, you know, through just, um, you know, getting to know people via my content and, you know, seeing their content, you know, we can decide if we're good fits. But what I, again, extend to people is one content simply on my, my page. I hope that I bring value in, in, in the form of cool little tips and so forth. But Mm -hmm. if anyone did want to work with me specifically, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, women, um, then, mm-hmm. you know, obviously a DM, you know, is fine and we can mm-hmm. have a, a small little, uh, I mean, a small, but a, a short little talk, you know, no, no yeah. strings attached, just like, Hey, you know, do you, you know, and again, people who are dealing with, um, whether that's disorganization on any level, but, you know, for sure, a lot of times, uh, my clients tend to be, again, women who are dealing with high anxiety already, meaning they have been diagnosed or possibly, um, you know, they, um, have other issues, but anxiety seems to be a big one. Okay. And I'm enjoying the club, men too, believe me. Like, (laughs) But I know women do carry a a different burden and it's uh, hard to, you know, not everybody's really even aware there's a difference sometimes it seems, but really we are very unique in our needs and things that we bring and the the energy. I mean, gosh, women give life, man. Like that's, you can't beat that. Like, I mean, that's that's about as close to God as I can imagine. You know what I mean? Like, that's pretty cool. I like that. 
I like that a lot. And so do you show up like on a reality TV show, like the, uh, the favorite, <laughs> what is it? The favorite nanny or the babysitter or whatever. And like, I, or Caesar know, I, Milan with the dogs and, <laughs> you know, just to organize everything. I used to, um, the first start I did, but I realized, um, that wasn't going to be as helpful, meaning like I couldn't help as many people as I wanted. So mm -hmm. what I have is basically, um, you know, like what you would call literally coaching virtually. Um, mm -hmm. but I have, um, two different ways to help people, whether that's through, um, personal coaching, um, virtual, but, um, also a curriculum that mm -hmm. then encompasses wellness modules to include the KonMari method of organizing, meaning that I'm there to help you um, utilize that method. And then there's mm -hmm. a lot of other cool tips and tricks along that way. Um, oh. But that's one, at least one way that I help um, my clients. Um, and again, I do have um, personal coaching as well, but that's still in the, you know, the, that's what you'd call extra, I guess, but oh, definitely my okay. curriculum is such where, you know, um, anyone can literally enjoy it and get a lot mm -hmm. out of it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So you really believe in helping people to declutter their lives for better health and well-being, yeah. really emotional, mental, spiritual, physical. Yeah. Even, all There's of it, a lot right? tucked into that little program I have. <laughs> uh, and there is one thing is it's been on my mind for a little while now. Is do you like the show Dexter? You ever seen Dexter? Oh my gosh! You know I don't. I know what you're talking about, but I'm really okay. weary. Like I don't like anything like. But yet I'll watch Law and Order. How freaky okay. is that? Fair That's enough. just bad, right? No. That's just as bad. Oh, really? I didn't know that. That's cool. Well, yeah. I mean, Dexter was like pretty, like, he's a serial killer, right? Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, in Law and Order. But a very lovable one. He's the most lovable serial <laughs> killer you'll ever meet. He's really cool. He's a guy you want to have a beer with, you know, as, as long as you oh, don't piss, piss him off, you know. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, yeah. And then let's see what happens after the beer's over. <laughs> yeah. You're screwed, man. Like, he'll get uh -oh. you with his little needle. Um, but what I was thinking of this whole time, actually, while we were talking about organization and things like that is because sometimes people have seen and associated, of course, you know, criminal profiles relative to uh, ex extreme and overt organization yeah. to certain types True. of behaviors that are malicious or, uh, you know, criminal in nature. Like, I just was it's curious true. if you had any perspective on that. No, you know what? That is probably the first time I've ever been asked that, but you have such a, um, you, you are totally right. The science and data is there. Mm -hmm. um, I look at it this way, you know, I and myself, do ride on that spectrum of OCD more towards mm -hmm. the right me. Like I definitely, unfortunately have OCD tendencies. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I honestly can see where that comes from. Meaning like sure. how someone unfortunately could become a, <laughs> a yeah, like They're going to strangle a cat or something. Right. You know, were, it's like, oh my God. <laughs> because it's all about power. It's about order. That's know, what I was getting control. at. That's what I was yeah. getting at. So for someone like me, I think because of my disposition, meaning like, again, um, <laughs> I would just hope <laughs> that <laughs> I, I prefer to use my OCD um, in the form of helping, right, serving. And unfortunately, others have a different, and I think there, though, you know, and I'll, I'll be honest, I think that OCD um, with the organization also can then play into someone who's narcissistic. Like I think those two can kind of I was merge. just thinking about that. I was yeah. waiting to mention it. That's beautiful. Yeah. 
for sure. Yeah, like I, yeah. I think actually it's probably textbook psychology. <laughs> like right, somewhere. right, 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 right. <laughs> So. But that's what I was kind of alluding to is like, it's interesting just, you know, for fun to differentiate and the thought between <laughs> like, I, I'm really healthy and this is nice. Let's have a cup of tea because everything's cool. And look, everything, I don't have to worry about dust or anything. And there's right. nothing out of place to the uh, same thing. But like, um, yeah, I'm going to have to hurt somebody. Today. <laughs> like, I don't know how, how that happens. Like that's the narcissistic part I was thinking. Yeah. And, well, um, and I, I do believe like you said, be the narcissistic part like i think that's what happens unfortunately is that it takes yeah. you over the edge <laughs> yeah right exactly yeah but ocd is not, not great but yeah i don't yeah. think that takes you over the edge no and i wasn't definitely and no offense to anybody and i'm the same yeah, way no, I, absolutely. you know i i like over organization and all myself personally but i've never strangled a cat so <laughs> exactly. um just just in case anyone was curious no that's never happened um, thank you, you know, jesus no, thank you yeah, exactly thank you jesus <laughs> and it's funny while you were talking earlier i actually was thinking that too i was like man it feels like we're talking at church kathy and we're just talking about organization you made it sound so eloquent that was beautiful well thank you i appreciate that you're i'm welcome. glad it wasn't narcissistic in nature no 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 let's say that your uh, your your delivery was very organized ah i would hope so i do this a lot so thank you no, I'm, I'm half teasing, but I'm also really trying to edify because honestly, it's really important to recognize this. And I've never really heard anybody put it this way before, but the influence of this type of thing, you know, we all live with it every day in our car, you know, yeah. it's like in oh, our yeah. office, in our bedrooms, in our bathrooms. It's like, if we're not doing things to keep things organized and clean, it's like it does kind of set you up. And I know the feeling because it kind of gets on my nerves. So if things get yeah, dirty, exactly. it, it, it bothers me you know, a little bit and I have to kind of fix it. You know what I mean? I can put it off for a while, but sooner or later that it's going to get fixed, you know? Um, but yeah, I understand completely. And personally, I get a lot of gratification uh, off of it. I didn't want to expose myself as a wannabe Dexter or anything like that, but uh, I, I do I do enjoy quite a, quite a bit of organization, uh, but not to that degree. Uh, you know, and and like, that's a good thing, but I am so glad that, you know, people are like me, really. Like, it's so fun to meet people who, like you, appreciate just organizing because is it just me or does no one, like, I love going into like Office Depot. Like, it's like mm -hmm. a, a playground to me. Yeah. Yeah, everything's so nice and clean. But I feel that way about like Costco and, you know, um, in a different kind of way, Walmart, because the people colorize it, you know, <laughs> Walmart, Walmart's always a fun place to go if you want to experience some interesting people. I'll never forget in Arizona, the, when the Walmart opened nearest our house, there was one that was like 25 miles away from my home. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I used to live. I believe it. Though. I oh, Mayor. Duh, I forgot we talked about that. Uh, so the Walmart in Prescott Valley opened and there was one in Prescott. Well, two in Prescott. And uh, so this thing in Prescott Valley was a really big deal and everybody was so looking forward to it. So I was there like one of the first opening days because I couldn't resist. And <laughs> man, I've never seen so many people that bring that brought their dogs to Walmart <gasps> on the first. There was like probably 30 dogs in the Walmart man like no kidding like, i had never seen anything like it like just and there was no vaccination there was no vet you know it's like there's no groomer it's like everybody just wanted to bring their dogs to walmart man and nobody does that at a grocery store what it is it about walmart that brings the freaks out you know i don't um, know 
I've I never wondered that. that, but that is hilarious. Oh my goodness. It was hilarious. It was really fun actually, but it was, <laughs> it was strange. And the curious part of me wanted to ask, but then I know it's like, well, I don't want to offend anybody. And if they're weird enough to bring a dog, they might not like me asking about it. So I should probably get my mouth shut. <laughs> and keep on moving <laughs> yeah that's how it worked yeah i got what i needed and left but um yeah it's weird when you live in a small town things like that are a big deal and uh it's weird it's kind of nice to be in a city though for a change so yeah, it's well, a whole nother whole stay other hydrated. <laughs> oh doing it doing it as we speak actually awesome. and it looks like we are really close to being at time but i do not mind spending an extra few minutes if we need to i just want to ask though before we wrap up here a couple of things one is there anything in your heart or on your mind that we missed today that you'd like to share that you believe our audience will value in their listening today Sure. I always like um, people ask, what's your one organizing tip? Well, actually, it's just to have a gratitude practice. And it doesn't have to be the Kamari method, but have a gratitude practice because it's going to change your life. Um, gratitude is as powerful, if not a little bit more, even based on that book we were talking about. Um, gratitude is as powerful as love. So when we have gratitude in our life on a daily basis, when we're actually consciously thinking of it, um, it changes our perspective completely. And that can change hearts, which is so important right now. Absolutely. So you can be the light and that beacon of light, people, whether they know yeah. it or not, are receiving it. That's the truth. Absolutely. Oh, it mm -hmm. is. I like that. And the concept is so important because, you know, and we didn't really hit this, but let's, we should hit it really quick just because um, it ties into what we're talking about. But the energy that we're talking about uh, manifests in terms of thought, you know, pattern or whatever, and it somehow creates this vibrational energy, right? Um, mm -hmm. So it's like it changes, but what people don't recognize sometimes, and I think it's true anyway, I believe you do too, is that matter stores energy. And uh, so sometimes you can mm -hmm. actually... It's crazy. And I learned from a guest that I had recently on my show as well, uh, that the negative energies that we store and the emotions and things like that are the ones that are damaging and need to be released. Whereas yep. positive energy doesn't have any adverse effect on our health or well-being at all. Is that it, right? Yep, that's exactly right. And that's why it's so important. And that is the main difference between the Calm Mind Method and everything else. Ah. Is that joy. Yeah, Very it's cool. gratitude. Yes, and that's good, actually. An attitude of gratitude goes a long way. There's no question tons. about it. It has tons of power. Yep. Yeah. And once again, could you remind people of your website? Sure. So um, basically, again, the easiest way, because um, I'm rearranging some stuff, honestly, the best way to get a hold of me on either Facebook, LinkedIn, or um, Instagram is just Kathy Hannah Perez. So okay, cool. H-A-N-N-A-H? Uh-huh. Yes. Beautiful. And uh, that is great. Well, Kathy Perez, I just want to thank you for being on the show today. This was really interesting. And um, just the thoughts of all these things and how it relates to our energy and well-being and stuff. That's a good reminder, actually, for myself. So I actually got probably more out of this than anybody. So I'm happy about that. And I think I'm going to 
go clean when we get off the phone so I won't, I won't feel guilty. <laughs> you go for it. I love it. Take some advice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, you know what drives me nuts, actually, just real quick here before we go, uh, is that uh, in this house where I live, there was apparently somebody here for a long time with kids before, and there's stains that have come up in the carpeting that we oh. did not put here, and it's from before, and man, that is an... I mean, clutter to, you know, cleanliness and organization yeah. kind of go together to me. So like, for sure. yeah, it's crazy how that works, but yeah, I'm going to organize <laughs> my way around it and develop a better attitude, Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. You go awesome. for it. Well, thank you very much again for being on the show and I hope you have a wonderful evening. You too. Thank you so much, Todd. Thank you, everyone. Oh, totally. My pleasure to have you. Thank you for tuning in to the Toddcast show. If you found today's episode helpful and meaningful, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on what's next. Remember that the Toddcast show is all about community and connection. So follow the podcast on your preferred social platform to keep updated on everything I've got in store. Also check out ToddCastShow.com to find out more and stay connected with me, Todd Mira. Be sure to tell your friends and family about the Toddcast show so the podcast family can continue to grow and share on an international level. See you over on the next episode. Hi, I'm Todd Mira, host of the Toddcast show, and I want to share something personal with you today. Throughout my own life, I've struggled with issues I didn't even realize I had. Things like depression, past trauma, PTSD, and feeling disconnected from the people I loved the most. It took me hitting rock bottom to realize I couldn't fix myself alone. I needed help to unravel the tangled knots within my life, find myself again, and become stronger in the areas I was weakest. It wasn't an overnight transformation, but with time, I learned to change my thinking, my attitudes, and my entire paradigm for the better. I learned that it's good to ask for help, and that's why I want to tell you about our sponsor, BetterHelp. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of The Toddcast Show. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and the best part, it's 100% online. You can participate from anywhere, anytime that works for you. It's simple to get started. Simply answer a few questions about your specific needs and personal preferences in therapy, and BetterHelp will match you with the perfect therapist from their network. It's really that easy. You can message your therapist anytime you need support and schedule a live session when it's convenient for you. BetterHelp is committed to ensuring that you find the perfect match to guide you along your journey to well-being. As someone who went through therapy and came out way ahead of where I started, I want to invite you to take this step to a healthier, happier you today. My life was transformed through therapy, and yours can be too. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you'd expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is hand-picked for you, all at a shockingly affordable price. And as a special offer for our listeners, you'll get 10% off your first month by using the special link, betterhelp.com forward slash Toddcast. That's better 
H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Toddcast. You don't have to face life's challenges alone. BetterHelp is here to support you through the big and small issues of your life in a way that can really make a huge difference, both short and long term. Take the first step towards a healthier, happier you. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash Toddcast to get started today.